Well, welcome back, Kittitas Valley Sports Talk fans. We are back in action. We uh, took a little bit of a uh, a leave, I guess you could say, a leave of absence. That's one we, way to put it. Do you want to blame COVID? Do you want to play farming? Uh, what do you want to blame? Uh, life. We life. talked so long about we want we want things to start back That's up right. again. We want it and uh, well the. And it started back up. Frequency, <laughs> right? Yeah. We had a little bit less time on our hands yeah. to get things done. But uh, you know, and this is a uh, this is a uh, an amended version, an abbreviated version. Uh, uh, Eric Sorensen, our fearless leader, because he's here in spirit. He is. He's he sitting is. down in a tractor right now, and he's going to be really doing all the hard work with this. That's, that's right. right. Hey, get it online. I, I, once again, we're showing up, looking pretty, <laughs> hitting record, and then Eric does the dubbing and and the splicing and all that stuff. So, I want to say thanks to Eric for lending us. The soundboard and and the microphones that come along with it. Obviously, we got to say thank you to our our proud sponsor, Fitterer's Furniture, on the corner of Fourth and Main. Uh, been here th- with us since the beginning. So thanks to Fitterer's, and again thanks to Country Sorensen for letting us uh, record, even though he couldn't be here, but he's here in spirit. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd rather be here than in the heat of the tractor cutting hay. You know, he's been giving us some uh, some texts. Uh, one of his texts the other day saying, uh, hey, this is the first time I'm going to be out of the tractor by 11 p.m. or something. <laughs> something yes. So if you see him, give him a wave. Uh, if you see any farmer right now, give him a wave or maybe a, don't wave at him. Throw a Gatorade. him a Gatorade or something <laughs> like that. Gatorade and some food. Keep those guys hydrated and, and, uh, and energetic. But good to be back. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we got a lot... A lot to catch up on. A lot of things happened uh, since we were last on. I th- we were we were just mentioning that on our last podcast. We we're like, oh, we're going to come back next week and talk about some high school basketball scores. And, That's right. Uh, we had every intention of doing that. Yeah, but uh, but we haven't. So now it's more of a a recap of a season, right? And uh, both at the Central Washington as well as the high schools, both Kittitas and and uh, Ellensburg had some seasons of multiple sports that happened quick it was crazy the crossover it was I like know. there's cross country now it's over and now it's track and now it's and and the amount of games that they had i think um at kittitas we were talking about this and i'm sure it's the same at ellensburg or anywhere in cleelum and and beyond of there's more games and practices yeah and uh we saw a couple of you know rescheduled things because of either um because of either like a COVID thing or because there just wasn't enough refs. Did you see that too? I mean, yeah. Yeah, we had some ref problems at the B-Leagues. Yeah, I remember the the first uh, first Ellensburg game we did at home. I was talking to the women's basketball staff, and they said we had our first like full real practice yesterday. Right. And now they're out playing games. Now, luckily for the Ellensburg High School team, they've got so many studs and stars on that on that girls team that they were able to come in and, you know, look like they hadn't really missed a beat. You know what though that that that's a good point to bring up because you talk about studs and stars and just what a great way to end their season last year and I'm thinking oh man 21 is going to be dominant and it was but I felt like it was missing something I would have loved to see a state run yeah title I mean all of it you, yeah. you're missing something like it was uh uh you know the motivation was there I think for the kids because man we hadn't played competitive sports in, in how long and so getting out there and playing with your friends your brothers your sisters. And uh, competing together, I think, was all the motivation you needed. But it does. It feels like a little, you know, unended. It didn't didn't finish well. And, uh, you know, run, run, run at a title was definitely right. in their capabilities. And so, uh, but luckily for them, uh, you know, you say that they have some seniors that, that are going. And um, it's always, I'm sure, sad for the seniors that would have had a chance to, I know, I know. to make it. But all of their, their core yeah. um, are back. And so... Uh, I would I would be shocked if uh, they don't make a deep run and, and be in that championship game right. next year. And <clears throat> that two that two A girls division that's a fun. T- I mean every 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 level is fun to watch. But you know we we get so familiar with that two A level and man there are some stacked teams and some really good individual talent and and we saw it on display whether it was in Ellensburg or, or Prosser or wherever the, the ladies were playing and, and the and the guys too. But that 2A level, um, not to take anything away from any level, but gosh, that's a nice mix of like kind of some big teams or, or some some dominant leagues. And so 
I mean, there's plenty of college level players playing at that two A level. You don't need to just do three A. Absolutely, 4A. I think Sela had a couple on their on their boys team. I mean, Pepper coming to Central, which is again something that happened yeah. while we were gone. You know, that's a big pickup for Central. He's a you know, like him or not, attitude on the court. Right. I'm sure Ellensburg fans, uh, you know, have a sour well, taste we can in like their him mouth. Now. But we we, we kind of have a reason. You know, he might be able to work his way in and right. be enjoyed or at least appreciated by uh, by Ellensburg fans. Uh, but they also had another kid. Uh, I can't remember his name, but transferred there that that a little bit younger. You know, he's probably going to get some college looks. Yeah. And, uh, there's there's some kids in, at the two A level. You get a kid that could play some college ball. I don't care if it's JUCO. D3, D2, or D1, you're going to have a good team on your hands. And um, the boys at Ellensburg saw that. It would have been great to have them have Gavin Mars to see, you know, what they were fully capable of. Uh, They didn't have a great record, but I tell you what, that team competed hard. And uh, young kids, the Fence brothers are great, Gibson's great, uh, and Daya. Darius Andaya is going to be a little baller. Yeah? That he's going to be a little baller. He came in as a freshman. I didn't know what to expect. I know they had some guys missing. They only had, like, nine on the roster. And uh, so you you assumed, like, oh, they're, you know, Darius is a big, yeah. bigger kid. He's he's strong. And if this was a regular season, he'd probably be on JV, which probably would have been true. But yeah. he's not a JV kid. He he isn't. And I think coach, coach the coaching staff learned that. He went from, like, first, second guy off the bench to starting. You right. know, and there were some injuries that in play. But – uh, they've got a they've got a bright future. I think they'll be pretty good next year. That's cool. You know, one team that I um, really noticed, uh, Cleellum. God, those guys are so tall. They're first things <laughs> first. Those guys are so tall. Yep. And I was thinking, okay, a B school, two B school. Everybody's six two or taller, and I was, and that was another team that maybe got a postseason taken away from them. Uh, you know, a true traditional postseason like we know, and. Uh, uh, you know they made it to the championship game as well, and and uh, um, won you know won their side of the division, and and uh, they lose a couple of guys, I think one starter and and their six man, if I remember correctly. So they'll be back, um, they'll be back tough um, as well. And, tall, and uh, but man, those guys were so tall and and like arm span probably three or four inches longer than the height that you know. So they could they they had. Um, they could reach around the court all over the place. Um, in Kittitas boys, um, seems like every other day was a, a different high score. So whether it was Catlin or or, or Rossback or maybe Van Dorn, you know, it was hot. And um, they were putting up points individually. Yeah. I mean, like they were really putting up points. Yeah, it w- it was fun fun to watch um, and shoot. And then the Kittitas girls, there'd be times when there was four eighth graders on the floor in varsity ball. And um, so just kind of really interesting to see, okay, wow, this is what it's going to be like for the next handful of years because, shoot, like like any teams, these girls have been playing together since they were like third grade, right? And so it's really kind of fun to see. Um, I mean, I think at one time we started a freshman and four, um, four eighth graders. And then uh, sometimes we would start a sophomore and stuff. And so – incredibly young team in fact there was no senior night for the kid girls so um <laughs> i think uh, that's one of the beauties though we talked about like season didn't really have that um there was no champion and as a coach if you know I mean, we don't have a championship team but we got some youth yeah like never a bad t- it, it's a perfect time to like throw them out there yeah let yeah. them get the experience let me let me see yeah. what i'm working with yeah. and uh that can only benefit your team long run yeah i i just hope that you know the um whatever cliche you want to use the the missed season or we didn't get what we we didn't do what we want to do so there's that chip or that um that hunger what again thrown out that's three cliches in 10 <laughs> seconds there um i just hope that translates to a fun 21 22 season for basketball you know I, th- I think it will be and i think it will be uh around the valley i think it's gonna basketball i think it's gonna be uh one of those seasons where we see a lot of uh metal flying around the valley because uh, there's some good, good talent out there. Right, right. And that, that talent includes Central. Absolutely. Yeah. Central and, uh, you know, rough season for both men and women. Didn't get as many games in as they wanted. Uh, that That's disappointing. Yeah. You know, I remember, shoot, when we talked to Coach Rinta, I think it was like the day after we released the pod, then it was Northwest Nazarene. That game was postponed or eventually canceled. And so 
gosh, it was one setback after another, whether it was the actual court game or not even getting on the court. Yeah, it was, and I know it was tough for uh, for Coach. It was tough for the players. I mean, they – because at the college level, un- unlike the the high school level where you really couldn't get your hands on the kids and practice, basketball was still able – at the college level was still able to, to get right. in there practice. So they've right. been grinding this whole time with the expectation of playing and, uh, you know, a bummer when – when Central is pulled out of, you know, right. even any playoff contention, yeah. um, they, would, they wouldn't have been able to get in, but just that, that motivation uh, behind it. Uh, so I, it was hard to have for them to have such a – I'm assuming there's going to be some hungry kids Heck yeah. and some hungry coaches uh, coming out next year ready to roll. But that was another thing we were talking about. So uh, we were talking about before we started recording was we have a bunch of hungry people and then – you know, the option of basically this was a free year, right? And so, and we were talking about this before we were recording of, you know, so maybe guys are going to stay, guys or girl, ladies are going to s- stay for the bonus year. And that just created, I mean, this has the, been the craziest transfer year ever, I think. You know, it's, it's been insane. Transfer portal uh, in all sports has just been bonkers. People up and leaving and coming in and trying to find a new home and, uh, I think Central Football was hit hardest by yeah. by that transfer. And they had a start starting quarter. One of the runners for starting quarterback, Christian Moore, took off. Uh, their potential, all of the not potential all American running back yeah. uh, for his senior year, uh, potential Hall of Famers where I wanted to go at Central uh, took off for for greener pastures, receivers, young kids. Yeah, you know, um, looking for an opportunity somewhere else. And I think it's a combination of. Of a lot of things, um, and I don't think a lot of it has to do with with coaches and relationship. Maybe a little bit. I think Christian Moore. Um, I, I don't think he felt wanted. You know, like they're still bringing right. in quarterbacks, and as a coach in the coaching staff, you you have to if you're not comfortable with with the guys that you got and feel you know you want to feel that comfort from the quarterback position. Right. And as a quarterback, there Christian Moore, he also wants to feel comfortable and wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it was more of a. Uh, he 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 wanted to play and didn't necessarily feel like Central. He was going to be guaranteed that opportunity. You know, and I used to be really down on it, and I, it depends on the day or, or depends on the mood. But um, I was like, man, you committed to Central or you committed to a school, you need to honor that commitment. But at the same time, if it stops working, like leaving a job or leaving a relationship or something like that, if it stops working own up to it identify that and make the decision before you're stuck for another year so i mean the transfer portal yeah i'd like to sometimes i i think yeah that's a little bit overblown but if it doesn't if it doesn't make sense to stay out of school if you're not going to play or it's a chemistry thing or, or whatever the issue is um i mean you've seen guys leave just because it's, it has nothing to do with football or basketball or whatever maybe School just isn't there for him. Um, anyway, you know, I uh, I just this has been the craziest transfer year ever, and and we're we're still bringing guys in too. I mean, shoot, just on Twitter I saw we who's the defensive back that we just signed up. Um, if I had my Twitter on me right yeah, now, there's been a few recently. Some yeah, uh, so we some lost some, some transfers coming in. They're coming in. Yeah, yeah it, which is not even. Uh, strange for a typical year you're going to get guys coming in uh but you like to see it when you know that guys are are going out right you know um i don't necessarily know if we filled any of those positions that left uh you know there was definitely one starter that took yeah. off yeah at the running back position michael roots looking for uh you know he went he initially was going to dixie state which was a d1, d1 yeah um up and coming d1 and then uh pueblo is where where he landed which as we know they beat us pretty bad on their way to national yeah. championship, yeah. and so it's a good program. And I think that one has more to do with I think Mr. Roots has some pro uh, potential and pro hopes. And I think with COVID in a conference where there's only three teams, two of which historically are awful, yeah, um, yeah. that and you only played one game during COVID. And for him, I think he felt I need to get some eyes on me, yeah, and I need to make sure that you know I'm playing in where people are going to come out 
and watch. And I don't know yeah. how many people are going to come out to Central to watch Michael Roots put up 400 yards on Simon Fraser. Right, right. You know, um, I think we've got some high school backs in the state that could suit up for Central and run for 250 yards against Simon Fraser. So you said two things, you know, Roots uh, landed in Pueblo um, where he's going to have uh, a quarterback with a familiar last name. Yes. Is it Jalen Kitna? Yeah, there's there's two of them. One went yeah. to Florida. <laughs> right. One went to Pueblo. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, I was kind of hoping there would be some sort of guilt. Hey, Kitna, come on and bleed crimson like your dad did. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, so that Pueblo team is going to be really interesting to watch just because of the, the local link, I guess. Right, for us, there. right. Eyes will be over there for sure. And then, you know, he had flirted with Dixie. Dixie used to be a GNAC member. And Who we beat GNAC up on. used to be, well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty concerned about the GNAC football. It's scary. It's, it's uh, I mean, hey, if you haven't written a check to Central to donate them, donate to the travel fund. For, <laughs> right. Because in order for Central to get games, and, and if I'm Simon Fraser, I'm sweating it. Who's going to want to go over the border right now? Right. Right, you know, and uh, luckily we've got that uh, partnership with what is it, Sunbelt, uh, uh, Lone Star Conference, Lone Star, yeah, yeah, and Sunbelt's D one, yeah, <laughs> Lone Star, same same area, right, yeah. and they've got some talent there, but uh, it's it's difficult. You saw Central has a game against Lincoln University, yeah, yeah, which is never had athletics, right. This right. will be their first year of having any yeah. athletics. Um, they don't even have athletic facilities. No, they're just like, weren't they basically like a city school? Yeah, and so it it's straight up Oakland, right? Yeah, yeah. and Gary Payton's now the basketball coach, oh, I believe. Can you imagine it? Please, yeah, I uh, want to be. I'll, he needs to be mic'd up every game. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, he might not even need it. You know, he's so loud. You know, and please, uh, Dennis uh, Francois, do whatever you can to get a home and home with uh, the Gary Paytons of the world. <laughs> that's like that's that. right. But, uh, and I'm sure in basketball they'll probably be okay in a few years, but it's hard to imagine. Uh, you know, we saw the only D2 school, um, you know, in that area. Well, I guess there's Humboldt as well, but they don't they don't have football. Right. Azusa doesn't have football. Yeah. And then it's scary to think of a team coming up in California at the D2 level. Oh, we're just going to start a football program. But that see to me that just is mind boggling because on the one on the one. And on the one side, I understand that football is the most expensive sport. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I mean, that's my uneducated opinion. But it's fact. Yeah, I mean, it's isn't it staggering? I mean, when you're paying for twelve volleyball ladies to travel, or are you paying fifty football guys? Well, seventy when you count coaches and yeah, trainers. Yeah, and so it's the most expensive sport. So I understand why colleges are considering putting that on the chopping block. But how does Azusa, basically LA? the second biggest metro area in the country, how do you not have a D2 football program? Or or Humboldt, uh, you know, north of Sacramento, so it's not in a major hub, but, again, how does the biggest state of the union not have Division II football? I, I, until, you know, Lincoln here, but... Uh, they have a tremendous JUCO in California. I know. Everybody every, goes. Every college, every, you know, community college down there, got a football team yeah and so i think that that's where the majority of uh guys that could be d2 i mean because a lot of the d2 guys that we get that are super talented um there's a chunk of them that you know couldn't couldn't academically make it but they could get into central and we could get them here and in california i'm sure they run into the same thing and the juco is just um it's a great route right especially you know when you when you're talking about you know, you may not get – you're not getting full scholarships at D2. Right. You know, and so you're having to pay something, and JUCO is cheaper. Right. It's cheaper, and you might get that scholarship that down the road that's going to help you out. Not only is it cheaper, but it's such a uh, a known and respected way to get in there. So there is just in, intense talent down there, whether it's one year or two years or whatever. I mean, what a recruiting hotbed California is. Yeah. And it's just amazing that there's no – Right now, has Lincoln officially started their football? I mean, they're not on the schedule for another couple of years, I think. They're right? on our schedule this year. Really? <laughs> Lincoln is on oh, our I schedule this year. Because I, I was like, oh, Lincoln, isn't that like Missouri? And But it said CA. We played two years ago. It said ago, CA. Yeah. So when I saw it, because I, I hadn't known anything, I was like, oh, are we playing some NAIA yeah. team that I'd never 
no, it's their Division Two. And I went to their website, and I was like, oh, well, okay, there we are. But that that's we, we brought this up talking about the state of the GNAC, and that's you know that's part of it is you don't have enough teams in your conference to even go over to the Lone Star and fill the rest of your right. games. Right. And that's a sad spot to be in. And uh, the amount of teams that could potentially join are very minimal. Right. You know, and I I don't do it as much just because I'm busy with life as how we started off this podcast, Life Gets in the Way. But I used to, um, you know, read message boards and everything like that. There's, there's so much football here, but it's that it's either UW-Wazoo or – NAIA, you know, right. maybe Big Sky, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, you know, there's that Montana League that's just loaded with NAIA talent. I think that would transfer over well, but I don't think they're ever going to come up. No, I, I doubt it as well. And, um, if they do, it'll be, you know, I don't think it's going to be a group decision where, like, three of them come up at once. It'll be one here, one there. But then again, are you going to try to join the GNAC, or are you going to go, I mean, there's got, there's some... Some teams over there uh, closer to you that maybe you could sneak into a league there. Right. Uh, where it would even be less travel. Right. So it's not looking pretty, and I'm not sure how the GNAC is um, going to continue to uh, do what it needs to do to, to, to be what it wants to be. But we'll be there supporting it. 100%. It's football. Yeah. And it's central, and we're still, you know, bringing in guys and, you know, with the loss of Humboldt, Nazusa, you know, D2 options uh, for kids that do want that NCAA, I mean, we are, we're, we're there for them. Right. You know, you'd rather go to Central than Western Oregon. Right. You know, it's, you'd rather go there than Simon. And so we, we've got an opportunity. You know, uh, another thing that we, we sh- probably should talk about, again, at the FCS level, I'm still going to call it D1AA, uh, Eastern, uh, I was worried about them losing football, and but they they re up. They're they're totally committed to D one sports, and yeah, um, they'll find the funding to do it somewhere. Yeah, and you know that's been the the rumor, the murmur for I feel like ten years now. Yeah, you know, it's basically ever since they they won their natty, right? And then it's been on the rocks since then, right? And I was their basketball coach left Eastern right after the NCAA tournament, right? You know, they went to the tournament. They made noise. They almost beat Kansas. They had a couple kids transfer to what, Oklahoma, yeah. the Twins. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he took off for Portland, which I was like, that's, that's weird. That's a lateral move. Right. It's a, it, even maybe less than that. I can't remember the last time Portland was in the, in the right. tournament. And so, but, you know, I, talking with people that I know, they're like financially, they're like, that's a, it's a much safer place to be. And um, if you're a good coach and you know what you're doing, you could, you know, you'll be just fine. Right. And so, but it scared me for the rest of the sports if they've got a coach who, you would assume after making some noise in the tournament. Right. Even a little bit, that you might go up a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. know, even even another uh, FCS, one double yeah. whatever we want to call it, because um, they're all D1 at basketball. But at that level, somewhere else in the country that yeah. maybe you have some better funding, some better facilities. That seemed to be a uh, strategy and and cover my back kind of move. Right. I need to make sure, you know, because you I'm, don't want to be in a position where it's gone and now you're looking for a job yeah. when they're all taken. Right. Right. You know, right. So I think I, it made sense. But initially I was like, huh? yeah, what are you doing? But, you know, coach leaving or not, or, or the twins leaving for, uh, I mean, Oklahoma. Jeez. <laughs> right. Uh, as long as Steel Ventures is there. Right. Slamming down. Opens dogs. the door for him. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Look, there was a uh, steal, you know, you talk about them uh, almost, uh, I mean, they took it to Kansas. I, were they leading that? They were leading the second yeah. half. They had a like, good lead at halftime. Right. And uh, somebody had tweeted, obviously a Kansas supporter, saying, uh, you know, please help us, God. Eastern has a guy named Steel on their roster. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to get uh, – going to get notoriety do it in march man <laughs> that's like that, right so. i was really hoping he got in the game and like yeah. did something because i think that would have taken off steel you know yeah yeah it would have been cool but i th- i think um you know that the state of sports in the state of washington or, or in the pacific northwest i mean we're always going to be <laughs> looked at um maybe poorly is not the right word but like uh just uh, as in a uh 
a footnote of like East Coast or, or Midwest stuff. And I mean, Eastern football, yeah, they, they're having their funding issues, but they are a dominant, they're dominant program, right? Uh, you know, Montana gets all the attention, but Eastern's been more dominant than Montana, Absolutely. Montana State the last 10 years. Well, I think that's, you know, we talk East Coast bias, and it is just more eyes. Yeah. You know, at the time that those teams are playing, yeah. and you saw in the, in the NCAA tournament, what, Pac-12 was, like, undefeated. You know, how f- yeah. we had, what, two, three teams in yeah. the in the Elite Eight? And, yeah. Uh, none none of them got a high ranking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's still good basketball, and I think it has a lot to do with just how many eyes can you put on them, how much respect can you give. And if you don't know anything about Oregon and they lose to Oregon State, you're going right. to be like, well, they're not very good. They right. lost to Oregon State, right. you know. Yeah. So well, let's uh, let's let's con- let's talk about that a little bit, uh, um, just in terms of people not knowing what it's like to be on the West Coast. But um, Central Baseball, pretty darn good season, and GNAC Baseball, a great season, right? Um, with both Nazarene and and uh, Western Oregon going deep into the playoffs. I know the California D two League basically just said, no, we're not doing anything, so uh, maybe it was, quote-unquote, easier, but once they got in. Yeah, uh, I think I think, I think think NNU, uh, they obviously, they hosted. Yeah. So I think in any regular, they were just good. Not only did they host, they made it out. Yeah. And made some noise in the, <laughs> in, yeah. the in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think they would have probably gotten in, whether they had hosted or not, because the CCAA has some stud teams. Yeah. And uh, that would that would have been different, whether they would have made it out. No idea, uh, but they were good. I don't think Western Oregon would have made it, right? Uh, but yeah, it was it was a di- it was an odd year for West Region sports right. without the CCA because right. that is, uh, you know, kind of I'll say the heart and soul of the West Region. That's where you're going to find the bulk of your good team yeah. softball. They had to put in four, and there were six teams that made it. Uh, Central was one of them, yep. and I think NNU was the other. Western. Western. No. Western Washington. All I care about is Central. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But but CCA definitely would have had four. Four of those spots. Yeah. Three three at three at least. And uh so it changed the landscape a little bit. But I was happy to see Central uh move their way through the bracket. The Central women there in softball, um, before we tell the Irvine I think Irvine, it was. Yeah. yeah. And uh but I'm just I'm just glad they got a you know a place to play. Right, you take the chances you get. Whether yeah. it, you know, you're if you made it through, you still were going to be a national champion. Exactly. If it, you know, exactly. you still would have been a national championship uh, caliber team um, if you made it through. Uh, just made it a little bit easier on the West to get through. But uh, yeah, kudos to them. I mean, first year coach, uh, first full. Yeah, and uh, they did some great things. Are you looking forward to? Uh, season next to go back into football we're talking uh we do we open with eastern i know it's eastern's second game for central football i'll I'll pick it up here in just a second yeah but no i i am i'm interested to see who's going to be uh starting at quarterback Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm interested to see uh the defense you know with nate johnson uh we played one game this year and it wasn't pretty against a team that should knock our block off. Right. And uh, so it's hard to tell, you know, you know yeah. what, what, what to look forward to next year. A, an elite program, how do, you, how do you judge that? You don't. And I think, uh, I mean, sure, you got film to work with and not, not a ton, but enough to, you know, yell at your guys a little bit and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> let them know, see what I've been telling you all yeah. spring. Yeah. You got to do this and this is why. Right. Uh, so there's there's some benefits to it. Uh, they started Eastern New Mexico, that's and, right, and then Eastern on September 11th. And then we're we're on the road the first three games. First three games, yeah. and then at Simon, and then host to Angelo State, okay, and Midwestern State, uh, which Angelo's had some decent programs. Midwestern is usually yeah. pretty good pretty every good. year. Yeah, uh, and then at Western Oregon. At home versus Western Oregon, so kind of a back-to-back there, except for there's a week between, so it's a week off. Uh, then the Lincoln, California, uh, we're playing here. And then at Western New Mexico and finish at home for senior day against Simon Fraser. Okay. 
expect at least 80 points. I hope so. That's my expectation. I hope so. If, pushing. Like, like <laughs> I want to be in the third quarter thinking, we might score 80. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm not saying we need to get there, but I would assume that, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. But, uh, yeah, I want to see who replaces Roots. I want to see who plays quarterback. Uh, they had some, some young kids get a lot of experience uh, the previous year, and they'll all be back. Um, you know, I want to know how many freshmen from last year yeah. are going to see the field this year. Yeah. Because you've got, you know, they got some experience. They got in the weight room. Yep. Um, and you don't know. You know, you got guys coming out, guys coming in. You never know. But I'm excited to to see what the next group of central athletes are and who's, whose names are going to pop out. Because all, all the names that we knew are kind of, you know, kind of out. Yeah, they're done. Uh, out the door. Uh, so somebody's going to have to step up. And I'm sure there'll be some names that we've heard that we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That guy's pretty good. Yeah, uh, and that happens every year. Uh, but I want I want to see like five of those names pop up. Right. That, that would if we get five of those guys that were like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, you're going to be in for a good season. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to it by far. Um, and and I think you know you always have that anticipation at this point of the year of, well, we got two more year or two more months until fall ball starts or whatever it is, and and I guess now a month and a half to go, but. Man, we've been waiting so long, and we just had that one football game that we couldn't even go to. You know, so <laughs> right. I mean, we've been waiting for a long time. There's more to life than sports, uh, and I think COVID proved that you can survive without sports, but it didn't mean we had to like it. No, and uh, don't have to like it. People have been starving for you know things to do, and I guess now that the weather's nice, of course, we're recording this on a on a Wednesday morning where yesterday was what one fourteen and, mm-hmm. and Monday was one ten or one twelve or whatever. Um, so plenty of things to do right now, which includes standing in front of the air conditioning unit, uh, with or without clothes. On maybe. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, we're, I, I just can't wait till, you know, the kickoff in, in September yeah. and, you know, on the road for the first three games, but that just, uh, goes right in line with the, start of you know school for the kids coming back and stuff absolutely so. and it's not the first time we've even in the recent um recent years that we started on the road for a little bit yeah and and then but uh it'll be good because hopefully we come in there at least two and one yeah <laughs> undefeated against yeah. division twos uh eastern um if we happen to beat eastern that's gonna be good news because they've got a dude at quarterback oh my gosh <laughs> he's, he's a dude. The, He's the most prolific passer of the guys coming back, I think. Yeah. Um, in he was the, the most, nation. He was the most prolific passer in the nation. Yeah. And, you know, there was the kid at uh, North Dakota State was got drafted by Niners. Niners? Niners, Nin- Niners yeah. Uh, who didn't play this past year. So uh, he he would have been the top dog. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've got them a, another special quarterback. And uh, Ian Shoemaker there coaching him up. That's right. So that's right. that'll be fun uh, reunion between Fisk and and uh, Ian. Shoe, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll share some laughs pregame. And I was kind of thinking them. that, uh, and this is total um, uneducated speculation, but I thought Eastern's coach uh, Aaron is a best. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be on and or off to somewhere else, and I thought Coach Shoe would. I mean, hey, he's doing a great job with the offense and stuff like that, so maybe he's happy. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Eastern is definitely us uh, can springboard you to to other jobs. And, yeah, and uh, you know, we'll see what another great year. Uh, um, we anticipate them having a great year and what that does for Coach Bess, and if we'll see if uh, Coach Shoemaker is in the running. If if you know, because it all depends on you know what the administration thinks about you, what they like about you, with the coach, and we we have no idea yeah. the relationship there. And having been around a football coaching office, everything looks great. Like you all love each other, but there's definitely, uh, I have no idea the relationship right. was. And Ian's a great guy to get along with. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine he would still be there if they right. didn't if they didn't enjoy having right. him there. Yeah. So um, that'd be cool. It would be awesome to. See, coach, yeah, uh, shoemaker, get the head job there, and I'll do my best to get season tickets out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another guy who's back in the FCS ranks is Coach Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, and I want to see. You know, I want to see. I didn't. I didn't track what they did this year. I don't even know if they played. 
another California school, so I yeah. think California was just pretty much yeah. There was a wall around it; you couldn't go. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's back at Cal Poly now mm-hmm. after uh, having a couple of tough years there in 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 California, um, and maybe that's his bread and butter is the FCS level, you know? Yeah, and and talk talking to a couple people that that know him um, didn't necessarily get any information from him, but. But the, uh, they each of them was both under the interpretation that, uh, you know, he he likes he likes what he likes and he wants to uh, be able to, you know, have a roster and build the culture that he likes and he likes to enjoy and be around. Right. And I think there's no doubt that he excels at that. Yeah. And so I think it's only a matter of time for Cal Poly to make a name for themselves out there because they haven't in years. Right. But we talk about the talent that's out there. It's just amazing. You know, he can find it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked that, uh, you know, he might even pull some kids at East, Eastern. Eastern gets a lot of kids from, from the California area. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't doubt that Bo is able to pull some of those kids over his way. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I don't know if there's ever a time that Central would fly down there for a game. But uh, now that Bo is back in the FCS, I, I just watched that. I just, just because FCS is relatively local and you kind of like to see what kind of talent um, – you know, I th- I think Central's got some FCS talent, where they could have been a you know a walk on at a at an Eastern or a uh, you know Montana State, and they decide to be dominant at D two, and and uh, that again makes me really look forward to that Eastern game. You know, a, uh, a state rivalry, um, even though it's not a you know a maybe a genuine rivalry anymore, but there's tons of tons of kids um, on both school or on both teams who was ch- were choosing between Central or Eastern. Uh, you know, maybe Eastern didn't offer him very much money, but offered him a chance to play bigger, bigger ball. And so I, I, I would just like to I, – I just really want to look forward to that, you know, seeing that talent going against each other. And and, um, and it's always been like that. I remember when Coach Baldwin left Central to go to Eastern, and uh, – there was a couple of players, one in particular, where he said, you know what, if I was at Eastern a couple of years ago, I would have recruited a handful of these Central guys to come here. One of them was uh, Adam Big Hill, who has done pretty well for himself he's in the CFL, you know, right. and um, just, a, just a monster at the CFL level. And so it's just amazing how much football talent is here in the state or um, here on the West Coast um, that these coaches somehow figure out a way to find them. Right. And – Going back to the transfer portal, that's the scary thing. Gosh, because you've got you're 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 dead on that central. We've had guys who were D one material, who yeah. were FCS material, yeah. who, uh, and now they have the freedom to say, "Yep, I'm, I'm out of here." Yeah, and coaches aren't allowed to recruit kids in other schools, but you read reports all the time about this transfer portal and the yeah. the nastiness that goes on, yeah. and and uh, you know you. Nowadays, you have a relationship with a kid when they're in high school, and you always would keep in touch with them with the hopes that they drop down. Now right. it's like, you know, part of the recruiting 101, like constantly be nice to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even through their, you know, their junior years at a D1 because you never know. And you never also know. wonder, like, especially with social media, these guys know each other. If If at least, at the least amount, they know each other through their Twitter handle. Right, and so these guys are following each other. So you wonder how much how much the players themselves factor into it. Like it's got to be a, a a major factor. Absolutely, um, I, they got to all be reaching out to each other, and and players, I'm sure, communicating. And you see it all the time. Uh, you'll see a kid like, oh, I accepted the scholarship to Louisville, and there's a a retweet and a like by Coach Shoemaker at Eastern, yeah. and I'm like, or it, all the coaches. I'm not just. Just yeah. saying, but but all the coaches, and I wonder how many times they really just want to like emoji the middle finger to the kid, and just be <laughs> like, you know. But you can't you can't do it, you know. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're happy that the, you know, a kid that's going to Louisville probably, you know, Eastern probably knows was a long shot anyways. Right. They got that talent. Right. Uh, but it's the nature of it. Like, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm a thumb up, and be happy for you, because um, you probably genuinely are. You know, a kid gets to go play D one. Yeah. But. There's also, you know, the the side hustle to it of, hey, Never I supported stopped. you this whole time. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm on your side. We got a home for you if you need it. It just never stops. I, no. I just, it's amazing how, 
and I remember talking about this with Coach Renta um, earlier this year of, you know, I was thinking, oh, social media has totally changed recruiting. But, and he acknowledged that, but he also said just it's still just being in touch with players, being a person, being a human. And I don't think that will ever, ever change, um, you know, the, the, um, the channel to get in front of kids might change. So whatever social media will look like in 10 years, but just going to games and being the communicate, you know, communicating with kids and families and right. the coaches that will never change. And so, um, you seem like you develop a relationship with these kids and their families. So the nice guy in you is going to be happy that they got the dream offer mm-hmm. better than you wants to just bury them for 60 minutes a year. You know? <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we talked about that with Christian Moore, just the wanting to feel wanted, wanting to. Yeah. You know, we talk about players wanting, well, you should, you know, you committed to this school. And the players can turn around and say, they also committed to me. Right. right. You know, they yeah. were telling, you know, they showed that they wanted me. They wanted me to start. Yeah. And, uh, but that commitment is, it's a, there's a point where the commitments meet. And, you know, right. commitment can mean a lot of things. It was like, yeah, we want you to. You just didn't turn into the guy we wanted you to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we need you to work hard here and show that commitment. And. Uh, for a player, it's like, yeah, but you're spending all your time with QB one over there. Yeah. Like how much, you know, yeah. how much, so it, it's, it's, it's a tough relationship and it's, uh, it's Kinda only cutthroat. It, it is, it, it, it's, you know, but it's good for, I, th- I think it's good. Um, as long as I, I couldn't do it, it'd be too hard for me to tell a kid no, to recruit a kid and be like, yeah, you're my guy. And then turn around and be like, oh, there's a D one drop down. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I don't know how the coaches can. But that's why I'm in an office every day. And that's, <laughs> that's why they're roaming the sidelines. That's so. right. Yeah, I, I would hope that there's some real, just straightforward conversations. Right. And, you know, we've got, who was it? It was Coach Coach Pacheco used to coach rugby Yeah. here. He'd always say, I tell the kids when they come in that my hope is to find a replacement for you. Like, I'm going to keep looking for guys that are better. And and so he has that, like, yeah, you're going to come in. I want you to work. But, you know, I'm always looking to be better right. <laughs> than what we are. Yeah. And so if I can find someone that's better than you, I'm going to recruit them. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. And his thing was, I want to motivate. You know, you should be motivated to to keep your spot. Yeah. To be here, to be that player that I need to be so I don't have to do that. You know, at some point I'm going to have to replace you. It, whether you're an All-American or not, like, if you're on my team and you're yeah. playing, i got to replace you. So I'm constantly looking, you know, why why wouldn't you look for the next Tom Brady or someone better right. than Tom Brady? Right. I, you know, so it was – it's just tough. And that's what – when you talk about culture, that's what it is. How do I handle and treat my players with respect and they understand the job that I have to do? And exactly. we do it in a, in a harmonious way. And it's next to impossible, but – you could get a good good group of guys that that buy into it and understand, and that's, I think that's what every coach is looking for at that level. Well, that's why they're good. That's why I mean I'll give my opinion from the stance. <laughs> that's right. And I'll I tell can... you what you did wrong, but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying you're not good at your job. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, been paying attention to the Mariners? Uh, I try, I try, I try hard, and I I don't know if I've said this on your but I've lost love for the Mariners and it's because I can't keep waiting for a rebuild right that never comes and we get all these players like right now we're excited about and in four years we might not have any of them right right you know and or so, they flame out or whatever right yeah. we're in the middle of rebuild and we're like oh we're so close let's trade this person and this person and this person to try to get us over the edge because we were just there a few years ago yeah. we missed out on the playoffs and then we're like oh we're gonna rebuild again and I'm like I I can't and, do it. And now I can't stand it. How we're, you know, flirting with, you know, a game or two over 500. I think last time I looked, we were seven or eight games out. I'm thinking, wow, you know, good July, we can be there. Right. You know, good July, we can cut the, those games back from seven to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to, I, I want to go to the games because I, you know, Safeco Field's a palace and, you know, watching baseball with the smell of the Puget Sound coming through. I mean, it's just an awesome venue to watch ball. But, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm getting tired of, uh, what is it? It's been a, 
I guess we're on year 20 of the rebuild. And, and, uh, <laughs> right. And I still, I love baseball. And I went to opening day, and it was awesome. And I enjoyed myself. Uh, Mariners pulled out a win, which was pretty borderline. I might have walked away from baseball altogether. They, yeah. didn't, they, they didn't win that. Uh, but it's just, I, there's, I, I want to get going. And they got some guys like Kyle Lewis. Man, he's fun to watch. Yeah. Crawford's fun to watch. Yeah. And they got some young kids that are supposed to be fun to watch. And so I still have hope, but it's like I feel like they need to do the work. I I can't sit there and yeah. cheer for rebuilds. Just yeah. wake me up when we're there. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're thinking, oh, well, you know, they're, they're always going to compete against the bigger market teams and stuff like that. But, you know, Tampa Bay, it's one. Of, I think it's one of the smaller markets. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know, pay anybody. What's that? They don't pay anybody. They don't pay anybody. <laughs> they don't and pay they me. might be, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, but at least they were here today. And you they'll know? be back. And they'll be back in yeah. a couple of years. The Royals, you know, um, uh, they they won two in a row, or they, at they least won, won one. They won the World Series. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Kansas City, that's a tiny market. Right. I, I just, I don't know how. Well, I think a lot of it has to do, you know, with with luck. All those teams that we're talking about, Tampa Bay and Kansas City, when they make the run, they're doing it with their guys. You know, they're it's they're they're you know they might bring in a free agent here or there right. to fill in spots just like any other team, but it's the the core of their team are guys that they drafted or traded for when they were nineteen, right. and brought them in, and and it works out. That's the reality. Is this hard? It's hard when you're not in one of those markets where you can be like. Oh, you've you've matured, and now you're dropping forty bombs a year. Right. Why don't you come over and play with us? You know, we don't necessarily have that luxury, right? And so it's a luck of the draw, and that's why the rebuild just I, drove me nuts. Because it's like, yeah, you, we can rebuild, but there's no there's no guarantee, right, that you're going to be good after this. Right. It's you might get a kid like that Kelnick kid. You know, he may not turn out. He might be another Mike Zanino. I know. I mean, we. I mean, there was so much pressure on that guy. Yeah. And then he hits 178 or whatever it is. <laughs> right. and, and, uh, but he tore up Tacoma. Yeah. Just absolutely yeah. destroyed it, which we saw Mike Zanino do. So I got these flashbacks in my right. head of, like, Mike Zanino, Mike Zanino, Mike Zanino. And, right. Uh, so I'm sure he's going to be great. I'm sure he's going to be a force. I just don't know if it'll be with us. Like the for, drives for me crazy. When, he, when he gets into his prime, will he still be a Mariner? Right. And especially with all the drama they had in the offseason. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're able to hold on to him for – X amount of years because of it. Um, but, you know, I look at all those guys that are now crushing it for other teams like Brad Miller and Chris Taylor. And Smoke is not in the MLB anymore, but he was an all-star after he yeah, left. After and, he left. And those yeah. were all the guys that we were building our future around. Yeah. Um, and so I just – I've seen it my whole life outside of about six, seven, eight years. And so it's hard to uh, to be a fan of that Yeah, for me. But I am still a Mariners fan. I go, I love going to the games. Yeah, um, I'm just not attached to any players like I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. Like the Edgars and the Buners, and we're yeah. talking about classic Hall of Fame guys that were roughly in the same era. Yeah, where we had some good baseball. But you know, I wanted Kyle Seager to be one of those guys. And is he a lifer Mariner? Yeah, but he's no Edgar. He's right. no Buner. He's, yeah, you know, he might even end up with better numbers than Buner by the end of his career. I don't know, but. He he he, he doesn't grab me like Buner did. Yeah, and even if he does have better numbers, Buner had Griffey. Buner had Edgar. He had some protection. Yeah, he could do what he wanted to do. Buner in today's baseball, Buner would bat two twenty but hit forty bombs. Right, and you know that's really good nowadays. You know it, but he was able to hit like two fifty, two sixty. But you're right, he was protected. Yeah, by some guys and. You know, that's what we missed. Seeger would be great if he was sandwiched between two Hall of Famers. Right. You know, I think we'd be singing a different tune. Yep. But we'll still watch him. And we'll uh, we would. <laughs> under our breath. <laughs> we would. Yeah. It's and true. we'll still pay, you know, 15 bucks for a, you know, watered-down beer and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and uh, um, just, you know, a heck of a venue. To, yeah. to it's beautiful. And it, it is gorgeous. Are you going to be a Kraken fan? I think I'm going to have to be. I don't, I'm not a hockey guy, uh, mainly not because I think it's stupid. I just don't get it yeah. fully. Like, I understand the premise, shoot the ball in the net, but the rules and everything, um, the only thing holding me back. Like, if I sit and watch a game, I don't know what's going on. 
Right. I don't know the players. I don't right. know. But I think with the Kraken in town, that'll change. Right. And so I'll go to a game. And I, I think that uh, I can stay involved with a, at the game or a competition or a match, whatever it is, if the fan base is there and it's exciting. So I think it's going to be exciting no matter what because we're just like, yay, hockey. Right. No, and, and then Seattle's if I can figure it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like, then I'll be good. The Sounders have immense support. I know. They're crazy. They're crazy. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we do the same thing with hockey, and um, I think it'll I think it'll be good. And the cool thing about hockey is, you know, we're bringing in an expansion team. If this was the NBA, we'd be in for seven years of just pain and misery. Right, right. Uh, but hockey, we saw it not too long ago. What the Las Vegas Knights like were in the finals? They win it. They won it, right? Yeah, I think so. Like yeah. either their expansion year or the next year. Yeah. So uh, it it could be a lot of fun these first couple of years. We could get a, you know, I hope some so. Good, some good programs. What are you doing for the rest of the summer? We're going camping, St. Regis, Montana, uh, coming up here for the 4th of July. It's going to be hot, but it'll be fun. We got a pop tent trailer, and so figuring that That's out what I got too. has been fun. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I've ever had any type of trailer or anything dragging behind my car. <laughs> so that that's a that's an experience. And we went to Lake Alta two weeks ago, and uh, it was beautiful, or Alta Lake, and uh, but it was hot. So we ended up buying a portable air conditioner to throw in that thing because there's no escape from the heat oh the yeah pop tent trailer but it, it's good it's got two king beds in it so so that's what i have too i've got two king beds in my pop-up trailer and when you say pop-up trailer you're saying it's going to be 120 degrees no matter what <laughs> right yeah. you walk inside it's 60 degrees outside 120 inside right, right? but it's uh i love the flexibility and stuff like that we're gonna we've got some we've already done some camping we're doing some more camping this summer and and uh you know, country. If you're listening, I know you're going to be camping in the in the tractor, off and on for the rest of the summer. But uh, Sammy and I will be thinking of you uh, as we uh, camp, right, all the time. Well, and my daughter's soccer team is starting back. At, man, that soccer team's a machine. I feel like we've been doing so much soccer. It You've died been down coaching too. I yeah, we went and won a tournament. That's, That's awesome. Uh, Yak Attack went undefeated in a league where the majority of our girls were underage. And so it was impressive, and you know we've got we've got some small girls, but boy are they fast really? and they're tough. And so we get out there with what looked to be full developed women, <laughs> like it was scary. I'm like, this isn't our age bracket. No, no, no. And it <laughs> pretty was sure like, that player drove here, <laughs> right? And we get out there, and they're looking at our girls like, okay, well, we'll take it easy, and we. Just Right up, up, right up the field, right past him. <laughs> I had one coach. First game we played that, and that was a game where we actually got into a brawl, which was bad. But uh, you told me about that, <laughs> which was not bad. the players, right? Not, not the, the players. players. Uh, I didn't get into a brawl, but I broke one up. The right from the get go, they're big team and they're good. They're probably the second best team there. Um, we within like thirty seconds, we up the field and score. The coach gets up out of his seat. He was sitting down in the shade. It says. They're a little more aggressive, girls. We got to get going. Like it was, so I love uh, the girls are fun and they're great. And we're starting back up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, it is so much fun. You know, I coached uh, both my daughters, and uh, not a clue what I was doing. I mean, I played soccer when I was a kid, but um, it's so much fun. It is so much fun, and they just want to play. And they they just want to have fun. And my my soccer knowledge is zero. Um, but did you get recruited like I did? My, my first recruitment was like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to help because I'm a parent and I love my kids. And all of a sudden they're like, well, here's the roster and here's all the, uh, uh, team names. And, uh, you want to help us with the sponsorship? And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> wait a second. I'm going to show up like three minutes before game time <laughs> here, you know, and, and pretend like I'm doing something, but I loved it. Um, they're now not playing soccer cause they've aged out, but, uh, it's so much fun. And we've played in that yak attack tournament before. Not, and that was a year that I didn't coach. And that place, that's intimidating. It's crazy. I mean, that is it's thousands physi- of people and there. And it's physical. And that's a different level. 14-year-old refs getting yelled at by grown men I know. on the sideline. Yeah. And uh, let me just tell you this. Parents aren't helpful. Yeah. For the majority of them when it comes to uh, keeping the chaos. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was sad at the end of that game. The, the parents' behavior, 
because uh, our girls won, but it didn't feel that way. They were all in tears, crying. Um, I didn't feel like we'd won. I went back to my pop tent trailer and I sat there for two hours, just mad at the world. Like I almost just packed up and left. Right. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you get loud and you've been near fist fighting people, just stop. Yeah. Just stop because the impact that that's going to have on your kids, um, you know, my daughter didn't feel safe. Right. You know, she didn't know when we had to play that team again and all the girls were worried about it, like, is everything going to be okay? And so behave yourself out there. Remember you're, whether you want to be or not, you're a role model right. for these kids on how to interact with people when you disagree, when things get hot and heated, when somebody says something to you that they shouldn't, how to respond. Uh, you know, some kids walked away with that thinking my parent did the right thing or that this was, this was okay. And all of it wasn't, you know, I would, I would say this, um, there's never been a year or there's never been a scenario during my coaching where we had something like that, where there was a brawl, but there's, I can think of maybe not in the very first year when they're five years old and you're just trying to get them to not purposely shoot on their own goalie. But, uh, there's, there's always been a time when I'm like, a parent's taking it too far or um, that kid's a little bit too rough. Right. You know, if you're playing rec league and they're eight years old, none of these people are going to be um, sounders. Right. And none of these kids are going to be on the women's national team. <laughs> you know? right. I mean, they could, but they're you eight might. years old. Who right. cares? And uh, so, yeah, you're right. That That is um, – that's pretty tough when you win a tournament and you're crying. Right. It's, it, it was, it was hard. It was, it really was. And, uh, but I think, uh, I I don't know what I think. I think that's why, I think that's one of the reasons why I liked coaching is from an X's and O's guy. I'm not, I'm not very good at that. And, and just cause I mean, I know, I know soccer to enjoy it, but I don't know strategy and I don't know how to coach spacing and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, uh, I think one of the reasons why I like coaching so much was I just love giving high fives and I love just yelling encouragement. And, right. and, uh, um, I just, um, the, la- the last time I coached, uh, Mal Stuman was, we were both <laughs> assistants, you know, and he wore his, uh, I wore the same color Jersey as, as the other kids, but every single game he wore some that was Cobra Kai. <laughs> and, and that was our team name and stuff like that. I remember I bought him like a, five dollar t-shirt to match us he's like no i'm gonna go with cobra kai and i'm like you know what coach that that's good and that's that's how we and that's the stuff that i remember is just like i don't know there was something about mal in that t-shirt and uh and he was another he was another guy i'm like dude you're you're a coach and uh because you can rally the team i'm just a raw raw guy and that's what kept me into coaching but yeah there's every once in a while where you're like ah you know where parents are kind of you know mumbling under their breath at another player or another team or another parent. Um, and that, that takes away from it. It, but it, it still doesn't, it's still, um, it's fun though to coach. It is. It's a blast. I'm like you. I don't know. I don't know how many times our head coach, uh, Jenna Kaiser, she's fantastic. I don't want to coach with anybody else the rest of my life. Right. She's perfect. Uh, <laughs> where I'll tell the kid something. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh shoot. <laughs> Oh shoot! Like <laughs> my bad. That's yeah. remember. I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> so we have some other like uh, parent help who they play. They know soccer, and, and I always have to say to them because they're like, "What do you want me to do?" I'm like, "If I say something I shouldn't, I want you to stop me." <laughs> okay, if I'm wrong, please tell me. Yeah. Like that's that's what I want because uh, I don't I don't know soccer, but I know kids, and yeah. I know uh, you know it's. Uh, we're at a competitive level where things get tough for them, where they're told the truth, like, hey, you're not competing hard enough. Right. You know, and kids, every kid takes that differently. Some kids are like, okay, coach, like, what do you want me to do? I'll go do it. And some kids are like, I'm awful. I'm the worst. I can't yeah. do anything right. Yeah. And so being able to help manage the kid and keep them positive and excited and understanding of, hey, this is what, this is what, you know, because it's one thing to tell a kid something. It's another thing for them to understand it. Right. And so helping them understand when you know when they get down or things are difficult that uh people don't think you're bad people don't think but we do need you to 
to do a certain thing while you're right. out here. And we've gotten to the point now on our team where, you know, some kids aren't getting as much playing time. Like even my daughter didn't get as much in that seven on seven, but it was really good for her to be yeah. a part of that team. And we had that conversation like, look, you know, we're going to get you in when we can. Right. And when you get in, we, I want you to bust your butt and to work hard. And when we tell you something, you work to try to apply that. And it's you big. know what? And then, but you talk about that and preparing players for, you know, maybe you're not going to be the starter. Maybe your role is going to be a role player mm-hmm. coming off the bench or whatever the equivalent is on soccer and stuff like that. But uh, so you're, you know, preparing the kids. But as a coach, we are talking about, like, how does Chris Fisk recruit the next All-American when he just recruited an All-American? And, and for as a coach, I was thinking – wait, I'm trying to juggle playing time and make it fair. This is just rec ball and stuff like that. But, hey, if that kid's going to put more effort in, he or she needs to stay in. Um, or if this kid n- needs a break or this kid just doesn't want to play, it it becomes less about equal playing time and more about, okay, now they're 12, 13 years old. Okay, now we're going to – we we do see that separation of, right. and I just want to play for 10 minutes and then hang out. <laughs> right, My you friends. got some kids that are like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say, "Hey, are you ready to go in?" Uh, yeah. Not really. Okay, fine. You're gonna and, and, we'll, yeah. and we'll walk to the parent. Hey, so and so doesn't want to play. We're gonna leave them there until they decide they want to. Just so you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And most of the time, the parent, we have a great group of parents who are really like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> like you know, <laughs> shoot. Um, but but sometimes it is tough, and playing time is is a tough issue. Um. And what I always try to tell the girls is, like, we need every single one of you. Like, you know, whether you get five minutes or whether you get seven minutes right. or whether you play the whole half, yeah. like, we need you. And so when you're tired, let us know. We'll sub you out and we'll get you back in. Uh, but everybody's needed because we run out there with just eight, nine people. We're going to be gassed by the end and we can't compete. And so oh. we need what you have to bring. Yeah. And we just need you to bring it in, in, in the way that works best for us. Yeah. And the girls, and they're, they're tough and they have fun and they like to win. Yeah. Every single one of the girls love to win. Yeah. We'll do, we did a mini Olympics and every girl was like, where am I at? Who did this? What did that person do? Like they all just want to win. And uh, it's competitive. It scares the crap out of me. Cause like (laughs) it it really does. Cause like, I love it. I love that they're competitive. Uh, but I also want to like rein it in. Yeah. They'll go in like, oh, we're not losing today. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to understand losing is an option. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you got to respect the fact that you might lose. Yeah. And, um, but it's fun. I've never met a more competitive group of girls. It's fun though. It is fun. Yeah. Well, should we uh, meet again? Just not three months uh, down yeah. the road? I can, I can, I can make a vow to be can ready. You, can you pencil us in? Yeah. Country, if you're listening still. And of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. Podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll do this again um, in the friendly confines of either uh, the the Badger Pocket Studios or or here downtown. We're recording downtown today, so um, want to say once again thanks to Fitterer's Furniture for their proud sponsorship of uh, Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. I mean, been with us since the beginning. Uh, Brad and team down there have always taken care of us, good care of us, and and. Uh, um, any parting words for you, Mr. Henderson? No, except for it's good to see you. Good to see you. I've missed you. It's I've nice to you. talk to you. I haven't been in your – I think I have been in here once before, but it's been a while. And that that Central Washington University thing, that needs to go on the wall. Yeah. Uh, so we're sitting here recording in my office today and doing a little redecorating. Took down some uh, standard corporate art and, and putting up my uh, – my proud diploma of CWU. Uh, that's a bachelor. That's a bachelor's degree right there. I'm, I'm I got that same society. one. Yeah, got that yeah. same one. So, all right. Until next time. Until next time. Whatever that might be. The world's so big. This town's so small. If you circle the square, you've seen it all. There's no quick fix for a broken heart when everybody knows who you are. The Kittitas Valley Sports Talk podcast is part of the Big Country Media Podcast Network. 
Please check out all episodes anywhere you can get your podcast. And for you iTunes listeners, please rate and review our podcast. Check us out and follow for all your local sports updates on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. The official music of Kittitas Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Austin Jenks. Please go check him out and all of his great music anywhere you can stream music. new sofa doesn't need to look like everybody else's new sofa. Let the professionals at Fitterer's Furniture in Ellensburg help you design your own Bassett Custom Upholstered Furniture. Your sofa, your way. Exactly what you had in mind. Take the short drive to visit Fitterer's and find the furniture you've been looking for, along with great service and free delivery. Why wait? Fitterer's Furniture. Quality furniture since 1896. Fitterer's. Fitterer's.